Here's episode 265 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to another episode of Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, and we are rounding out a three-episode series with Aaron Miller. Aaron, how are you today? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Awesome. You guys, if you are just listening to this one and you have not listened to the first and the second part in this series, I highly recommend you check it out after this one. Aaron has been giving us a lot of actionable tips on how to just, one, get our confidence up so that we can actually be great sellers and realize that we truly are the expert and we're partnering with these people. In addition, in the second one, he talked a lot about overcoming objections and how it's kind of like a two-step dance where you take a step forward, you take a step back and you go through it. I think it's going to be extremely helpful to you because we, we broke it down to tactile things and even gave you some homework that you could do. Again, if you guys have done any of that homework, I want to hear all about it please send me an email at bella at jumpconsulting.net or get me on any of the socials. I also want to just do a big shout out and say that our Better Marketing with Bella launch this month has been extremely successful. If you've gotten any of our emails, we have had an 86% re-sign rate, which is amazing because it just works so well for so many of you. So I want to give a shout out to all of my Better Marketing with Bella people and say we are excited for next year. All right, we're going to move into this, Aaron. I think one thing that happens a lot and that I hear a lot of, I'm going to kind of set you up and let you take it away today, like you have in the past here, is that a lot of people feel like they are so focused on what everyone else is doing. And specifically, Aaron, they're focused on their prices. Oh my gosh, my competition's charging $1 more than me. So if I raise my prices, I need to raise them $1. I mean, we are really splitting hairs over one, two, $3 kind of things here. They're always talking about price and worried about what their competition is selling in terms of dollar for, for, for time. Um, and then they also see what their, their competition is offering. And then they become like, oh my gosh, you do pet taxi. I'm going to do that too. You do vet runs. I'm going to do that too. You do nail clippings. I'm going to do that too. And before you know it, it kind of seems like an egotistical race to do everything for everyone. I also kind of feel that a lot of people kind of say too, oh, I had a potential client and I talked to them and maybe they even said they tried to use our tactics and they said the client went to them because of price. And so it always, it seems like in our industry, Aaron, that things always get washed down to just, it's just about price when you and I know that that's not the truth. So today I really want to try to get our listeners to kind of just Get a little bit outside their comfort zone today and think about how is it possible that you might be able to leverage your competition to make more sales? And that's what I have you here back today to kind of round up the series. So thank you. So what do you think? Let, let's just start off with the mindset part of this, Aaron. How can someone get out of a mindset that it's a tit for tat and it's a little bit bigger than that? Yeah, I know it sounds like a simple question, but it's pretty loaded. And it's easy to do, right? It's an easy trap to fall into. You see this in all types of sales, especially sales that maybe require a day or two of thought or, you know, here or there. Like, think about real estate, think about car sales, think about uh, these bigger ticket items. Typically, people shop around a bit, right? And so 
well, I found it here, five hundred dollars less, so on and so forth. So I'm actually going to give you an interesting story. Actually, I'll tell you what, before we get into the competition, let me give you an interesting story. So when I was in 2003, 2004, there was a guy by the name of Kelly Cornish, and he had been selling cars for 25 years. He could have moved up. He could have opened his own dealership. He was making quarter million dollars a year. He worked by appointment only, nine to five, Monday through Friday, had an assistant. Like this is the only guy in the car business that I ever knew of that did this. And so obviously, naturally, I was interested. At that point, I was working in finance. And so he actually had an office on his own away from the sales department in the finance office. Now, this is important. Bear with me. And so I would listen from my finance office down the hall. And I remember this couple came, an older couple, and they had been buying cars from probably their 10th car they bought from them, right? Mm-hmm. And they said, but, you know, Kelly, we found this same ABC vehicle down the road for $1,500 less. And without skipping a beat, the thing he said was, you guys hear from me every holiday. You hear from me on every birthday. You have any kind of issues at all, you call me. You don't call the service department. I'm the one that books your oil changes. I'm the one that takes care of you full service front to back. I firmly believe that we could negotiate and I might be able to get you a little bit better price. But at the end of the day, there's a reason that you pay a little bit more to come to me. It's because it's completely full service and I take care of you. And without skipping a beat, the customers didn't even pause. They said, Kelly, you're absolutely right. Let's get this done. And so I actually had them in my finance office once they left his office. And I asked them and I said, you know, how long have you guys been buying cars here? Oh, you know, we bought 10. So, you know, 20 years. We've been buying from Kelly the whole time. And I said, well, what's the number one reason that you decided to always buy from them? I really wanted to hear it from them. They said, Kelly takes care of us. So it really backed up with what he was saying. Now, I know that's a roundabout story. We only have limited time. The reason I'm telling you that is because, again, just like we talked about in the previous podcast, yes, prices is important, but it really is how well they feel connected to you in the business. Mm-hmm. And so... My other thing that I've always said is if I lose a customer on price, I was never going to keep them anyway, because there's always someone that was going to be cheaper. So how can I be different? And so this is where you need to know your competition to realize how much better you're going to be. What I'm basically hearing you say is that if it comes down to only price, you haven't done enough job of connecting. Like that guy you were just telling us about, he obviously has earned their trust. Like they know that they're not just buying a car and then it's done after that. They know that anytime they have anything, they just have to talk to that one person. Like you said, not the service department, not a constant barrage of people that they have to keep trusting. It is one trust forever. And I think a lot of our listeners could do that very easily too. The same exact mindset, you guys. I see a lot of parallels. That was a really great illustration, Aaron. Thank you for sharing that. So how do we, obviously we have to learn about our competition. But we can't let our competition rule us, right? So what <laughs> no. is important to know about our competition and how do you leverage it? I mean, I'm, just, I'm literally going to give you the floor. Just go. <laughs> well, yeah. And so again, I mean, go back to the last episode that we were talking about when we asked them to go home, you know, take their packages, break them down, make a list of the benefits and the features of that package and, and then what problem it solves for the customer. You knowing your core business and you knowing what you need to do, it doesn't mean being completely blind to what other people are doing. Obviously, take note, be immersed in your community, understand trends that are moving. But at the end of the day, you need to specialize and be good at what you do. And a lot of times, and you can take this from the industry that I'm currently in now, we have a lot of companies and it's a pretty fierce competition. And really, if anybody tries to enter the space that we're in now, they're probably not going to make it. Like, Really, the market at this point is established. We have several big pay- players that are you know, domestic in the United States, and we have several smaller players that are trying to make moves internationally. But at the end of the day, 
the ones that have already taken their foothold, we're pretty much going to be here for a while until the technology or information changes. And so it's very similar to what you're doing here, where you've got your market, you've established yourself, but be very good and be and be a pro at what you do do. A lot of times we see these companies that we're in competition with, they're adding all kinds of different products and, and services and all kinds of things to what they do. And it doesn't tell me that they're expanding. What it tells me is they're desperate. They haven't figured out how to maximize their, their community and to make the more money that they're making now. What they're doing is they're grasping at straws, trying to get up additional market share so the shareholders would be happy at the end of, each, end of each quarter. And what that tells me is that they're not they're not winning, they're losing. They may be ahead in the game in some of their markets, but at the end of the day, they're losing and they're trying to scramble and figure out. And then when you as a business owner start trying to emulate or match what they're doing just so you can compete with them, you're going to stretch yourself thin and you're no longer specializing in what you do. You are now expanding out. There's no, I'm not saying you don't innovate and slowly add things at a time, but typically it's not a sign of growth. It's actually a sign of decline. Everything that you're saying definitely rings true. And I want to kind of break it down to things like, how are these clients getting this messaging from us, right? So they're learning about us and they're watering it down to maybe price, but is it because we haven't given them anything else? So I want our listeners to kind of think and reflect, like, what is my website saying about me? What is my social media saying about me? My Instagram, my stories, my reels, my Facebook lives, all of that stuff that you do, what is it saying? Are you magnifying or amplifying someone else's voice by sharing other reels or memes? Or are you actually taking a stand on something and really talking about what that is that makes you different? Are you on your website? This is one thing I do every single time, Erin. I go to someone's website and they go, Bella, what do you think of my website? I instantly think, can I copy paste this and put it on someone else's website? I also equate it, and I'm going to get very crass, so I hope I don't like offend you here or our listeners, Not but me. I literally feel like your website is like your underwear. You don't want to wear anyone else's underwear. That would be gross. That would be weird, <laughs> right? And I have to say that to almost shock you guys. Are you listening right now? Because if Aaron had a pet sitting company and I had a pet sitting company, if I could copy and paste what he put on his site to me, and people say that, oh my God, my competition stole my website. I'm like, well, it was stealable. You weren't unique enough. And here's the other thing you guys can think about. Are you selling the industry? We have two major groups here. Um, we have NAPS and PSI, Aaron. They're two national organizations for pet sitters and dog walkers. And they're notorious for these features and benefits that almost everyone can recite. It's like no travel trauma for your dog, turning of the blinds for the lived in look, no exposure to illness, right? If every pet sitter put that on their website, all they're doing is selling the industry. They're not selling themselves. It's like that car dealership saying, this car will drive you from point A to point B. It has a steering wheel and four wheels and it'll get you there. Not like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so knowing how you can be unique and knowing what your competition is doing, most of your competition is generalists. They mostly are generalists. Guys, the pet sitting and dog walking industry, it is not a dog eat dog world. You only have to be this much, tiny little bit. Like I'm, I'm putting my finger up like an inch for the listeners right now. Okay. It's all you have to be better and unique than the others. What do you think about that, Aaron? It's a great point. Well, first of all, if someone else is emulating what you're doing, take that as a compliment. And that is your immediate sign that you need to change something very, very quickly. Because what that's telling you is that your competition, if they're emulating what you're doing, I would not be offended. I would actually take it as a compliment. And then it would be my cue be like, time to switch, time to change. Because if they're following what you're doing, you can always stay ahead. 
you can reevaluate what you're doing very quickly. Look at your marketing. Look at your messaging. Are you just throwing around industry jargon that sounds good on an ad? Or are you actually you know, <coughs> painting a picture of who you are, what you're going to do, what you're going to provide? Again, this is luxury and convenience, right? I can't stress it enough. This has to be about efficiency and convenience and why you're special and why you specialize in what you do. It's so much more important. Like I can go get a haircut anywhere, but at the end of the day, if someone's cutting my hair correctly, which I hope there still are, you know, I'm going to continue to go to them. Another point I wanted to make is that if it was really all about price, I don't know how many of your listeners do this, but I drive down the road every day and I see 70% off all furniture and store closeout on the same store for the last nine months <laughs> or going out of business sale for the last two years. And the parking lot's still empty. Meanwhile, I could pass by Ethan Allen or I can pass by other nicer upscale furniture places and they're packed. So it can't be about price. Mm -hmm. And the moment you start playing that pricing game, you're going to lose. It's not about price. But just remember what we said in the first couple podcasts. All the customer knows is to come to you to ask for price. That's their job. That's all they have. You have to bring the rest. And so I would challenge people to look at their marketing and say, am I creating additional questions in these customers' minds that they can ask me when they come to me in the beginning? And that would be a great way to look at it too. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Ask them questions. I would even encourage you to investigate them. I would love for you guys, here's your action item for today. Go and try to sign up with two or three of your quote unquote competition. Figure out what that experience is like and and compare it to yours. I know some of you out there like literally have a form where I start signing up, then you stop the process, then you send me an email with a username and password and instructions on how to fill everything out. Uh -uh. Like, no, like that is making it very, very difficult. It's the opposite of that thing that Aaron just told us about, about that guy that's like, just come here. I'll take care of all of your problems for you. That's the way that you got to think about it, guys. And so instead of thinking about price, why don't you think about what is it like to sign up with you? Are you meeting people where they're at? Which is what we were talking about in the first episode of, hey, you know what? Like we can do a virtual consultation and we can get this done even quicker for you. Or we can do a virtual consultation so you can do it at work on your lunch break because I know that you have a lot to do when you get home. You know, like these are experiences that you can create that your competition is not thinking about. In fact, I will tell you, if you're not a jumper, they are terrified of something like a virtual consultation. All right. Cause I've heard it all day long. So if you can just stand out and be a little bit different and know that your competition's not doing it, that's how you can leverage it to make it easy. You got to take away people's problems and give them solutions, not more problems. So think about it. What are you doing on your website, on social, on your emails, on the phone, in your sales process. And you only are going to know this if you actually do look at the correct things of your competition. It's not just their price list on their services page. Yeah. And you know, even more, I'll take it one step further, Bella. Please so do. knowing your competition, here's where that's also very, very important. And this is something that I train on quite a bit in the industry that I'm in. Uh, the first thing, let's say as an example, like if you look at my resume, you're like, wow, you've been in like five different industries doing sales training. I mean, how long did that take to learn? And it didn't because the fundamentals are the same. But at the end of the day, knowing your competition is going to help you also. Number one, it's going to give you some confidence in what you're doing is probably better because I would venture to say that most people, especially if you're listening to this podcast, I know that sounds cliche to an extent, but it doesn't because the average business owner out there that you're in competition with is not doing all this stuff. They're just trying to figure out a way to maximize the money that they have to get everything done. And I could make more money if I add more services, or I could make more money if I just add somebody without any kind of real basis of who to hire, how to hire them, and how to attract them, those kind of deals. The, the bigger companies do, all Fortune 500 companies do. I mean, you have entire you know, headhunters and HR departments that do this stuff. 
there's a little bit more tools there than your average competition that you're out there for. But number two, and I think even more importantly, when you're speaking with your customers and you're asking them questions like, have you ever used another service in the area before? Have you, have you done this before? Let's say, oh yeah, I was with ABC company. Well, if you've studied your competition, you know exactly what they offer, how they offer it, and probably why they lost that customer to begin with. And so you're going to know whether they're A, telling you the truth about what they're offering, but number two, how to leverage what you're doing with them in that conversation that's going to basically solve the problems that they probably had based on what you saw through that company and or it's going to make you feel better at how much more effort you're doing. And so you're going to be in a lot more confident place when you're talking to the customer. And I think that knowing your competition has nothing to do with price. It has everything about what sets you apart. Amen, Aaron Miller. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You just got my brain firing again. What company did you used to use? That's one of my favorite questions that I do in the phone script that I sell. And it's like, hey, have you ever had a pet sitter before? And you find out. And like you're saying, if you uniquely know your competition and not just price, but the way they work, the way it signs up, it could look something like this, you guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep bringing it back to you here. It could look something like, oh, Aaron, yeah, you used Sally's pet sitting. And you know what, Aaron, our clients love to know that unlike Sally's, we actually work as a team. We're not a solo owner operator, although that's really great because you know who you're getting. If you have anything come up or last minute schedules, because we work as a team and we have a systemized process, you can just go online, you get a booking. We're in the office mind five. You're going to get an immediate confirmation. So you know, it's taken care of if you wanted to go out for that happy hour after work today. And you know that one of our professionals will be there because we have trained them and we have ongoing training. Like we work as a team and that's why that's why our clients love knowing that, Aaron. And so you're not mm-hmm. necessarily bashing the other people, but you're you're painting this fantasy and this picture of what it's like to work with you. And one of my words I always I always loved using you guys is our clients love to know that because you're instantly kind of like what you were talking about, assuming right. You're you're bringing people into it and making them be like, oh yeah, that could be me too. I could see myself in that. I could see how your clients like that because I would like that too. You know, you're playing that little game there. I call that the Jones effect. Everything that we do in our modern society, social media, you know, uh, national television, movies, everything. It's always keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, I've got something that nobody else has. And so they're constantly looking at that. And so when you bring in, matter of fact, I just talked to a client last week that had a very similar situation. Here's what we did for her. And it's working out a whole lot better. So I'm going to highly recommend we do that here as well. It's the Jones effect and it works so well. And you're probably telling the truth. I hope you are at least because there's no reason you can't. Uh, those small little anecdotes go a long way. And just with what you're saying, I love that, right? I mean, I, I love that statement that you made. But again, you can only do that if you're confident in what you're doing and knowing what the competition isn't doing or what they have done and you do better or at all. But the number one thing you can never, ever do, and I'm going to tell this and anybody listening in sales, not even Petsy, never, ever, ever talk bad about competition, ever. Why? Number one, yeah, number one, that that person probably used that competition. Now you're insulting their own opinion. Don't do that. But number two, you don't have to. That's a weak place, right? You're coming from a strong place. Oh, I know what they do. You know, they're great. You know, obviously it's a smaller operation. I know that sometimes they have scheduling conflicts. That's why we hear, we do it this way, right? That is not insulting anyone at all. That is simply highlighting maybe a deficiency that you can leverage. That's right. That's right. 
it's just comparing and contrasting. Sorry, I actually put myself on mute because my delivery man was here and my dog was barking. <laughs> I know none of our listeners ever, ever have that. No, never, <laughs> never, never. Yeah, so this is super great, you guys. So I want you to think of your competition not as a place that you derive your prices from or you think if you're good enough from, but really truly like investigate them. It's one of the things that we have you do in the in the phone script class and it's call them up. It's even listen to their vernacular on the phone or maybe through email if that's how they do things. Really understand that process. And for the love of God, if you have a sign up like a customer management system like Power Pet Sitter or Leash Time or Precise Pet Care, please, you guys, put some screenshots on your website. Talk about it on social and be like, this is how easy it is to sign up with us. Aaron, I wrote a blog a year or two ago that there's this company, I don't know if you've heard of them, it's called Rover. And it's it's really a tech company posing as a pet company because you can sign up and get a sitter to your door like in, I don't know, pretty quickly. Like it's it's very easy to sign up as like a client. Uber. Kind yes, of. It, exactly. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. it's the Uber, same investors, some of the same investors. And I wrote this blog and we'll put it in the show notes. Jessica, please put it in the show notes as you listen to the podcast and make the show notes. And it was why Rover is killing the professional pet sitter. And the reason is not because they're better service or anything. It's because the pathway is the least resistant. It means that you can just easily sign up and get your problem solved where then you can do your due diligence, but you got to give people a win. And so if you're one of those companies that are doing it, I know a lot of my jumpers are, if you're new to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, DM me or message me and I'll give you more information here. But if you're one of those people that are really taking people's hands, walking aside them and solving their problems and not giving them more, talk about it on your social and on your website. Explain to people. It's so easy to sign up with us. There's three steps. Step one, step two, and oh, wait, we don't need a step three. It was done in two steps. Like you literally can do that. And it it really makes a world of a difference because it's changing the vernacular. Your competition is not doing it. And and it's going to really stand out from the competition by knowing that your competition isn't doing it. You can leverage your amazingness. That's correct. Who's excited now? I am. (laughs) (laughs) You got me excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aaron, I want you to take us home and I want you to just kind of like sum this up about why do people get the competition thing so wrong? What are the mistakes you see? And what are the things that you want our listeners in our last of this series of three? I wish I could have you on again and again and again, but we got to wrap it up, right? So what are your major takeaways from this or any of the other episodes as well as, you know, don't get it twisted? (laughs) Right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's start here. And this is more of a personal spiritual growth type thing. One of the lessons that I had to learn, you know, probably late twenties, early thirties. And it was always this, it was always, do not judge your insides by somebody else's outsides. Meaning don't judge internally what's happening by what you see on the outside of somebody else. I mean, if social media has taught us anything, it's taught us that, right? Instagram and, and Facebook and, you know, people putting forth only their best lives, but what's really going on is much different behind the scenes. Now that's a bit abstract, but at the end of the day, what I mean by that is if you're looking at your competition, like, oh my God, how are they doing this cheaper? And they must have more business because they do this, this, and this and more services. That's not quite probably what's happening there. Now, if you know that pet sitting or dog walking business and they have 15 employees and you keep them seeing them expand their services, that's something different entirely. But if, if it's in your core market, it's in your key demo, it's what you do, 
chances are they're trying to find ways to make more money instead of looking internally to figure out what works best for them. And so if you're reacting into what you're seeing them do and trying to emulate or mirror that, you're already behind. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're looking at everything and saying, wow, they're kind of copying what I'm doing or they're doing the exact same thing and they're priced a little less, then what do, explore that. What does make yours better? And you, are you communicating that? And if you're not communicating that, let's figure out how to communicate that. As far as a general takeaway above everything else, starting back at, at the first and second podcast, when we were talking about the sales process and kind of getting out of your comfort zone and not feeling like a salesman, but becoming a consultant. What we're talking about right here will make you even more of a really, really talented consultant to, to be able to do the first two podcasts in the series that we've talked about. Because you understand your competition, you understand where your customer's coming from, you understand what sets you apart, you understand where that's coming from. And remember what I said, actually, funny story, I was listening to the podcast that came out on Thursday, and I was listening to it, I was like, okay, let's, maybe my numbers are outdated, right, uh, regarding in the top 10 of reasons people buy that price was number anywhere between four and eight, depending upon the survey. But I went out and looked again, and the numbers haven't changed they haven't changed a bit. It's all the same. You can find little different variances, but at the end of the day, price is still way down the totem pole. And so if I'm trying to change my business or compete with another business and I'm looking at price, I'm behind. I'm not on the list. Think about the story with Kelly Cornish and the old couple that bought 10 cars from him. Think about those things. There's a reason why they did that. There's a reason why they pay more, but he backs it up with the services and everything and providing. Like you mentioned that Schedules get weird. And if you're depending on one or two people running an entire company to manage all the schedules, including people, you may end up not working out. And so you've got to think about all those things. If there's anything else you want to probe me on, I'd love to talk about it. No, that, well, I I could literally keep you here for a long time. And I know that in the pre-interview, we talked about maybe even doing a sales class together for the jumpers. So if any of you guys are interested in that, let me know. But um, to recap just quickly, I mean, you guys, In these three episodes, we basically taught you how to have confidence, how to overcome objections, how to move quickly to the nose so that you can move to those micro closes and the actual close and what that looks like. And then also how to leverage the competition to not only give you confidence, but close the sales. So I hope this series has really helped light you on fire. As Aaron was just saying, you know, it's about the mindset. And uh, back in episode 245, I talked all about how to think bigger in your business, how to have a bigger mindset, not a small mindset, which we see running rampant in some of these pet sitting groups on Facebook. Like, please stay away from them. It's only going to hurt you. But, um, you know, you really have to take control over your own mindset. At the end of the day, this is all this is about. It's about mindset and it's about choosing what you put in your eye gates and your ear gates. I would love to profusely thank you for letting us take up your ear gates today and (laughs) influence your mind a little bit. And hopefully in the past three episodes, I know a lot of you, I think there's about 700 or so of you that downloaded every single week at a minimum. So I want to like say thank you to all of you. As always, always let me know what else you want to hear about because I'm always looking for good topics. Aaron, you are so awesome for coming on and just spending so much time with us. I want to thank you for pouring into our community. If anyone has any specific questions or they're like, yeah, but Aaron, you don't understand. Like, how do I overcome this? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Can I email you? You can completely email me. And I did want to say one thing. So when I was reviewing the podcast that we had done, the first two, uh, every time I listened to one, I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this. And then I listened to the next one. I'm like, yep, still forgot to say that. (laughs) And what I want to say most importantly, when it comes to sales specifically, 
anyone else out there trying to offer some kind of sales system or sales solution and, it, and it's a one-size-fit-all type sales solution, I need you to run and run very fast. It, because yeah. the things that we were talking about is helping you develop your own, right? It, it is not about me branding and selling a product of, oh, this is a tried and true sales system and you've got this. Just stick with Aaron and Bella. You, you're going to... No, 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 no. This is going to take practice. It's going to take development. It's going to take learning. It's going to take figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. But the basics are here. And these are basics that can be applied to anything, including, hint, hint, your own relationships at home. Might yep. try, it works. So uh, again, this is more of a, a foundation that you are going to need to build on. And it's going to be uncomfortable at first. And it's going to take some practice. So that I, I did want to preface all of that because at the end of the day, this is for your development. And I knew you would be the perfect guest for my podcast. I told you, and I told the listeners this whole year, I've been doing solo episodes. I built this podcast a lot on interviews just like this, and I've been doing solo. And when I started talking to you, I knew that not only would you bring the knowledge, but also the motivation and the deep think. And I think that's, anyone can tell you how to do stuff, you guys, you know this, anyone can tell you how to, but the why and the pushing through when you fall on your face, just like Aaron's saying, we're giving you the basic principles, but there's there's, you have to meet, meet us halfway. There's no one size fits all. I, I could not agree with you more. Aaron, thanks again for your time. You guys, if you like this episode, go ahead and find out wherever you listen to it and leave a five-star review or let me know that you listen to it. The best thing you could do is to share it with your friends, anyone who's in business, quite honestly. And remember that when life gets you down to always keep jumping. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, The best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.